How do you tell a sincere charity collector from a charlatan? Should you act pious if you're not yet that from? Welcome to the Transformative Daff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 68 of Ksubas, and we learn that we have a mitzvah to give whoever sticks their hand out. We also learned that we must be as honest as possible on our needs-based scholarship application and our tax forms. Welcome to the Transformative Daf, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. Rabbi Hanina would send a certain poor family four dinners every Friday in honor of Shabbos. One week, his wife brought over the gift. However, upon her return, Rabbi Hanina noticed the look of displeasure on her face. What's the matter? he inquired. These fraudsters don't need our charity, she replied. What makes you so sure? her husband asked. Well, as I was approaching, Mrs. Hanina responded, they were discussing which tablecloths to put out. Shall we use the silver cloths this week or the gold ones? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Fear not, replied Rabbi Hanina, for this is what Rabbi Elazar taught. We must give thanks to the swindlers who ask for charity that they do not need, because were it not for them who command our attention and receive our charity, we would be sinning every day in failing to properly support the truly poor as it is stated. Beware that there be not a base thought in your heart saying the seventh year of the year of sabbatical is at hand, and your eye be evil against your needy brother, and you will not give him, and he will cry out to the Lord about you, and there will be sin upon you. Because fraudsters like these folks wrongly take charity, it's unsurprising that many people don't always give so readily to those who are truly in need. At least now, they will have a valid excuse. Let's look at today's Gemara. Rabbi Chia Barav of Difti taught, Rabbi Yishuman Karcha says one who averts his eyes from the obligation to give charity is considered to have worshipped idols. It is written here concerning charity, beware that there not be a base thought in your heart. And it is written there concerning idolatry, certain base people have gone astray. Just as there the word connotes idol worship, so to here it implies idol worship. The sages taught one who fakes a blind eye or one who bloats his stomach as if he were sick or one who pretends to have a damaged leg in order to benefit dishonestly from charity will not depart from the world before he comes to the same plight. More generally, one who receives charity and does not need it, his end will be that he will not depart from the world before he comes to this state of actually needing charity. Let's analyze the Gemara. How much money did you make this year? Have you ever considered the religious problem inherent in that question? You didn't make any money this year. God provided you with the money, as the Torah warns us against the attitude of my strength and my power made this wealth for me. That's why refusing to give charity is likened to idolatry. The only impediment to giving away one's money to someone in need is the false belief that you made the money and that this other fellow should make his own money. Once one acknowledges that it is Hashem who makes our money and we are mere stewards of his bounty, charitable giving comes naturally. But when it comes to our hesitancy to give, our sages recognize that the reticence to part with our personal hard-earned cash is only half the problem. The other half of the problem lies with the recipients, many of whom probably shouldn't be accepting charity. It's painful when we learn, as Rabbi Hanina's wife did, that there are beneficiaries who are less destitute than they pretend to be. How do we deal with that challenge? The Shemur Munim notes that the Torah commands us, Give to him readily and have no regrets when you do so, for in return, Hashem your God will bless you in all your efforts and in all your undertakings. For there will never cease to be needy ones in your land, which is why I command you, you shall surely open your hand to the poor and needy kinsmen in your land. 
We have a mitzvah to surely open our hands to those who we believe to be poor and needy. If they have not acted with propriety, then they'll be answerable to heaven. From our perspective, however, we have fulfilled the mitzvah of surely open. And so you really never need to worry about having mistakenly given tzedakah to an undeserving recipient. From the perspective of the recipient, however, it's actually quite scary. The Gemara teaches that one who takes charity without needing it will eventually be reduced to a point where they do in fact need the charity. I say it's scary because we think of the charity recipient as the tzedakah collector, the schnorrer, going door-to-door begging for alms. But that's not the only instance of people living off the charity of the community. Sadly, there are too many individuals who could and should be paying substantially more in the way of yeshiva day school tuition fees, synagogue dues, and the like. It goes without saying that most people who ask for a break are decent, honest folks who sincerely cannot afford to pay the entire bill. But those who have the means to pay but ask for a discount just because they want a bargain need to think about the charitable funds that need to be raised to cover the shortfall. If we have the wherewithal to pay what the good people of the financial committees have calculated to be the correct cost, then we should be paying the full amount. And of course, it goes without saying that the same is true of honestly completing and paying our taxes. The worst kind of Chil Hashem is when we hear in the news that someone who purports to be a from person is found to have cheated on his taxes or wrongly claimed government funding. That money doesn't grow on trees, it belongs to the people, and if someone submits a false claim by misstating his financial situation, the Gemara makes it clear that it doesn't portend well for the individual's future financial security, God forbid. Let's always strive to make a Kiddush Hashem by being model citizens and members of society. The good news is that everything in this world was created in equilibrium. If you appreciate that feigning poverty leads to poverty, then you'll love this next story. In the early days of the Hasidic movement, there was a good deal of opposition from certain circles that felt that Hasidism was being too innovative in its approach to Judaism. They adopted all manner of stringency and mitzvahs along with extended prayer sessions, and among other things, they were accused of feigning piety. Look at these Hasidim, the misnagdim, their opponents would say. Even the most unlettered, simplest of them davens for hours on end. Who do they think they are? Rabbi Dov Baer, the Maggid of Mezrich, was the successor to the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidism, exclaimed the Maggid, Even if the accusations of the Misnagdim are true about many of my Hasidim, I'm not concerned. For if the Gemara declares that one will not die without experiencing a negative practice that he has faked, then how much more so will a person not leave this world without experiencing a positive practice to which he has pretended to aspire? They might not yet be as pious as they demonstrate, but I know that one day during their lifetimes they will indeed be the Hasidim who they yearn to be. Many people mistakenly believe that the feeling must come first before they can observe the mitzvahs. That's not Judaism's approach. The Talmud declares a person should always perform a mitzvah for the wrong reasons because out of the wrong reasons will eventually come the right reasons. The Sefer HaChinuch explains that one's actions influence one's values. It's not about faking it till you make it. It's about believing deep down that it's really the right thing to do. And by doing, you will train your value system to follow suit until it becomes a natural, comfortable part of who you are. May you forever train yourself to be the Jew you know you truly are, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, 
there's something in the transformative DAF for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the DAF with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.